This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where the FSU football fans are nowhere near as boisterous as they usually are this time of year. Today on Sunrise, the Teachers Union comes to the Florida Capitol. It's part of a statewide bus tour with 50 stops in every corner of the Sunshine State to talk about funding for public schools. Spoiler alert, they say it's not enough. Another day, another photo emerges showing the governor with two South Florida businessmen who've been indicted by federal prosecutors in New York on charges of funneling foreign money into U.S. political campaigns. Two Republican senators team up to file a bill in Florida requiring employers to use the federal e-verify system on all their new hires. Big business doesn't like it, and it's a rare day when the legislature does something they don't like. The governor and state lawmakers will spend a lot of time during the next legislative session talking about the environment, but the head of the Sierra Club says it may already be too late to save Florida as we know it. We'll take a deep dive into some very gloomy predictions. We'll also check out your calendar of events and check in with Florida Man, with stories today about the laundry detergent made from meth and a hidden camera in a shower that actually captured the perp in the act in more ways than one. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Monday, October 28th. The teacher union's big red bus comes to the state capitol today. The Florida Education Association is in the middle of a campaign to raise awareness about the need to increase school funding, and they've been driving that bus throughout the state. FEA President Frederick Ingram and Vice President Andrew Spar will use that bus as a backdrop when they speak at a news conference in the Capitol Courtyard this afternoon. Ingram says parents, students, and communities have been directly impacted by more than two decades of underfunding and poor policy decisions coming out of the state capitol. While they're in Tallahassee, the bus will be stopping at Pineview Elementary School and Florida A&M University. Now, this Fund Our Future bus tour will last five weeks with 50 stops in every corner of the state from Pensacola to the Florida Keys. They're scheduled to wrap up in Orlando on November 23rd. More photos have surfaced of two indicted Rudy Giuliani associates hobnobbing with Ron DeSantis. The Tampa Bay Times reports that photos from the governor's inauguration in Tallahassee back in January show Lev Parnas and Igor Fruman in the VIP section with seats near the front of the stage, mingling with some of the most powerful people in Florida. Both men were arrested and charged earlier this month with using front companies to funnel foreign money into U.S. political campaigns, which is a violation of federal law. DeSantis received $50,000 from the pair, which he turned over to the U.S. Treasury after those indictments were announced by prosecutors in New York. The governor's people insist he never met with Parnas and Fruman one-on-one or flew with them on a private plane, but those pictures and videos just keep showing up. They were with DeSantis at campaign rallies in Boca Raton and South Daytona, on election night in Orlando, and now on Inauguration Day. The governor is starting to get annoyed whenever reporters ask about it. This was all he would say about Lev Parnas after last week's cabinet meeting. So I've, um, you know, I've, I've, I've said some stuff on it. I'm probably not going to add anything else except to say that, um, you know, this individual uh, had no involvement in any policy or anything involving the administration. In fact, one of the fundraisers in South Florida that worked on these fundraising events for us uh, received a request from him to be on one of our transition committees for public safety. Uh, that request was denied, and so he was not on that committee. And so as soon as this stuff came out, I told the PAC, you've got to send the money to the Treasury, and, and let's just move on with it. And so, so that's what we're doing, and, um, you know, and so I don't really have anything else to add. Did you ever meet with him after you became governor? Um, I don't really have anything else to add. We'll, we'll, um, we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. And now that photos have emerged showing Parnas and Fruman at the inauguration, maybe we know why Governor DeSantis was careful not to answer that final question about meeting with them after he became governor. 
The battle over using the federal e-verify system to check the immigration status of new hires is about to begin all over again at Tallahassee. Republican Senators Tom Lee and Joe Gruders have filed a bill for the upcoming session requiring private employers to use e-verify in order to run every new hire through an electronic system to verify their eligibility to work in the U.S. Employers would lose their licenses if they don't register with the e-verify system, which is run by the Department of Homeland Security. Now, this bill puts Republicans in a tight spot because the governor and the president support the idea, but big business does not, and the business lobby usually gets its way in the state capitol. They do not like to admit it, but Florida's agriculture, tourism, and construction industries rely heavily on undocumented workers, and frankly, they will fight like hell to block this bill. The fact that Florida does not now use E-Verify should tell you how effective their opposition has been in recent years. Next up on Sunrise, a look at the state of Florida's environment, and I guarantee you, you won't like what you hear. But first, let's do our part for free enterprise. Florida is a great place to live and do business. Let's keep it that way. By supporting the Florida Competitive Workforce Act, legislators can do the right thing. To remain competitive globally, we must be a welcoming state for everyone to live, work, and play. 11 Fortune 500 companies, 35 major employers, and hundreds of small businesses support the act. And 68% agree it's wrong to discriminate in employment, public housing, and accommodations. Go to floridacompetes.org. Tell your legislator to hear the Florida Competitive Workforce Act. If you ever need some serious gloom and doom on Florida's environment, just try sitting down with Frank Jackalone, who works for the Sierra Club. He's been there for more than 20 years, watching Florida's natural beauty circling the drain as we collectively flush it down the toilet. The fragile ecosystems in the Sunshine State have never been as bad as they are right now. And the sad truth of our modern world is they will only get worse, much worse. We have four existential threats to the state of Florida currently. Each one threatens to destroy the state as we know it. Taken together, they will lead to the state's environmental and economic collapse in the next hundred years and probably much sooner. The policy decisions Florida makes over the next few years on these four looming crises will determine whether the state becomes uh, an undesirable place to live at best and more likely uninhabitable. Existential threat number one is climate change. Jackalone says Florida is ground zero for sea level rise. If it continues without clearly abating the carbon pollution that's going into the atmosphere, our coastal areas in Florida will become uninhabitable. You know, and it's interesting now that the state of Florida is, t is finally acknowledging climate change. You know, kind of waited till it hit them over the head, right? It hit them over the head, they can't deny it anymore. The age of Rick Scott telling employees, don't talk, don't use the word climate change is gone. So we welcome the conversation that Governor DeSantis uh, Senator Lee recently and others uh, have introduced that, oh, we acknowledge climate change. However, what is the response? If the response is limited to adaptation, then we are going to fail to save Florida. You, how high are you going to build the seawalls, you know, to adapt to sea level rise and climate change? You know, there's only so far you can go before the seawalls sea won't work anymore and the floodwaters will come around. Threat number two is urban sprawl. Jackalone says it's being driven by pro-growth policies in a state that's already growing way too fast. There are massive development plans across the state, and those already have started. We're seeing 
all throughout local areas of the state, developers coming in with new projects. We had gone through a period of economic recession where growth had slowed down and stopped, but now we're back to the old Florida, which is grow as fast as possible, become the fastest growing state in the country. Uh, and developers are having a field day targeting locations uh, throughout the state in areas that were previously undeveloped. Existential threat number three is pollution, especially water pollution. Jackalone says the state allows people and corporations to simply dump their crap in the ground and the water without regard to the future cost of cleaning it up. You know about the red algae problems, the blue-green algae problems. Our concern here is whether the state fully moves forward to stopping pollution at its source. We have problems with pesticides and herbicides that are still killers that have been released into the water. We have sunscreen pollution. We have the threat of more fracking, more artificial well stimulation in the state using toxic chemicals to eat away at our limestone and the potential contamination of our water supply. We have President Trump saying drill anywhere and everywhere for oil drilling. We have toxic chemical pollution that people don't talk about much anymore, but it's still going on. Toxic waste that are finding their way into our water. And through all of this, the Everglades is still dying from that water pollution while we dick around with, you know, how much money we're going to spend on a, on a massive reservoir uh, and how long it's going to take and our world-class springs in northern Florida are getting are being destroyed. And Jackalone says threat number four is the collapse of the political systems at the state and federal level that are supposed to be protecting our environment. Because the state is at ground zero for sea level rise, and because the legislature and the state's developers have conspired to create a new wave of massive population growth and urban sprawl that will destroy wildlife in the interior of the state and make it impossible to control our pollution crisis. And I will say that if that continues, we're gonna see not just environmental collapse in Florida, but economic collapse. Because people are gonna start saying, like they did a few years ago, I better believe this place and go to North Carolina or go to Maine. People are going to have to leave the coastal cities. The sprawl that has been created uh, is gonna be an area like Hades for the people who live there because it's going to be so damn hot and they're not going to have the natural resources that they need. And the Florida way of life that they thought they were joining is going to be gone. But there is one ray of hope. Jackalone says local governments are stepping up and starting to tackle environmental issues that have been ignored by state government for the past decade. The cities and counties are really taking the initiative. They get it in terms of climate change. They get it in terms of the, the threat to their communities. And they know that it's not enough just to adapt, that they have to be part of the international movement for, to address the causes of climate change. So they are putting money and resources into reducing their energy consumption, making their buildings more efficient, and switching over to solar energy. And it just happens, actually, that that makes economic sense, too, because in the long run, you know, solar energy is going to cost less than volatile oil, gas, or coal. So, uh, you know, it's, it, it, there's some self-economic interest in it, too, but that is a good thing. The good thing that the cities are taking leadership and are willing to step up there, in contrast to the state. 
Jackalone says they've pretty much given up on the idea of getting anything accomplished in state government because the people in charge are a big part of the problem. The Sierra Club plans to work with local officials who are leading the way on issues like climate change and then do their best to keep the legislature from undermining those efforts. On your political calendar today, big business lobby group Associated Industries of Florida is holding a conference in Tallahassee with speakers expected to include Governor Ron DeSantis, Attorney General Ashley Moody, Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed, the President of Enterprise Florida, the state's Chief Resilience Officer, and an assortment of state lawmakers. It begins at 9 in the Turnbull Conference Center at Florida State University. Lieutenant Governor Jeanette Nunez will host a panel discussion about domestic violence awareness that starts at 10 a.m. in the Graham Center at Florida International University. The Florida Chamber Foundation begins its two-day Future of Florida Forum in Orlando. Today's list of speakers includes Chief Financial Officer Jimmy Petronas, Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed, Attorney General Ashley Moody, Senator Joe Gruders, incoming Senate President Wilton Simpson, the DOT Secretary, and the Volunteer Florida CEO, also the Space Florida President. It starts at 11 at the Hyatt Regency Grand Cypress in Orlando. The Leon County Legislative Delegation is holding a public hearing as it prepares for the 2020 session that starts in January. Today's hearing begins at 5 in the Leon County Courthouse. And former Vice President Joe Biden will appear at a fundraiser in Palm Beach County for his 2020 presidential campaign. And now the continuing adventures of Florida Man, who reminds us every day what a special state we live in. A Florida man and woman have been arrested on drug possession charges after deputies in Texas discovered methamphetamine disguised as laundry detergent during a traffic stop on Interstate 10. Ryan Davis of Clearwater and Erica Lang of St. Petersburg refused to allow lawmen to root through their car, so they brought out a drug dog and the canine gave them probable cause for a search. Deputies say they found a heat-sealed bag containing more than a kilo of methamphetamine and a box of tied laundry detergent. They also found hydroponic marijuana and some edible THC gummies. Davis and Lang are charged with possession of a controlled substance. Lang is also wanted on eight outstanding warrants in Florida, including one for possession, distribution, and sale of cocaine. Finally, a Florida man is charged with two counts of video voyeurism after investigators say he set up a hidden camera in the bathroom he shared with a 58-year-old woman and her daughter. 28-year-old Joshua Rifle of Palm Harbor admitted to detectives he installed the hidden camera to obtain nude videos of the woman. Mom checked the files on the camera's micro SD card and discovered several videos of her and her 18-year-old daughter nude while undressing and showering in the bathroom. Now, she also found videos of Rifle installing the hidden camera and masturbating in the shower. That's it for today's do-it-yourself edition of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee for Florida Politics. Join us again tomorrow.